it is amazing how much just changing your environment a little bit can make your habits easier to stick with. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about optimizing your environment for productivity. And we're going to be covering the three spaces that you should organize in your world to get the most productive benefits. But before we get into that, I want to tell you about two quick things. Are you a believer who struggles to manage your time well and stay organized? Well, come join the community of productivity-minded believers in Redeeming Productivity Academy. Members have access to new courses each month, monthly habit challenges, the Productivity Book Club, and live calls with me, plus much, much more. So if you're looking for that kick in the pants to really get on track for 2022, Redeeming Productivity Academy is the group for you. To learn more about Redeeming Productivity Academy and to sign up, just go to redeemingproductivity.com slash academy. That's redeemingproductivity.com slash academy. Also want to give a big shout out to the supporters of this show. I would not be able to keep creating Bible-based productivity content without the help of people like you. So thank you. And if you're getting value out of this show, my newsletter, videos, or other productivity resources consider becoming a supporter of Redeeming Productivity. You can do so through giving a one-time or recurring donation at redeemingproductivity.com slash donation, or by joining the Redeeming Productivity Patreon at patreon.com slash redeemingprod. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. And I'm your host, Reagan Rose. Well, guys, I am feeling good today. I think it's probably a combination of too much coffee and the fact that I'm standing up. Um, I have one of these desks that you can make sit or stand, and I normally record the podcast sitting. But I thought, you know what? Maybe standing up will convey extra energy into my voice and through the microphone and into your ear. So we'll see. We'll see. if You tell me if there's a difference in my energy levels. And then we'll trace it back to whether it's caffeine or standing up. Anyway, what we're talking about today is optimizing your environment. What do I mean by that? Well, we're going to talk about three spaces, like physical spaces, that you should organize for maximum productivity benefits. And the reason I'm talking about this is because I think there's like some confusion sometimes when it comes to productivity. A lot of times we think that it's just a matter of willpower, right? That it's just a giant battle of willing yourself to do the next right thing, that it's all about having self-discipline and constantly fighting against the temptation to be distracted or to, to not do the right thing. And while it is true, yes, willpower is often necessary to fight distraction, there's actually something that is much better than willpower when it comes to this battle, and that is optimizing your environment. What if there were no distractions to begin with? And now this sounds kind of obvious, and and as I offer some of these thoughts throughout this episode, you're going to say, yeah, I know that, I know that, but I'm going to say to you, to your I know that, I'm going to say but are you doing it? Because I don't know about you, but for me, uh, a lot of very obvious advice on how to avoid distraction 
kind of goes in one ear and out the other for me. I, I hear it. I agree. Yes, that's a great idea, but then I don't follow it. So hopefully, you know, take some of this to heart. Hopefully these things will be helpful to you. Because here's the deal. Our world is full of distractions. There are a million of them. I talked about that in my, my episode talking about the dumb phone and just how that's just a world of distraction there in your pocket. But many of the things that distract us and vie for our attention can actually be neutralized with just a little bit of planning ahead. I love this quote from Sonke Ahrens. Um, this is the person who wrote the, the book on taking smart notes, which I talked about maybe a, a year and a half ago on here. Great book, Taking Smart Notes. But I love this quote. This is from the book. Uh, they write, Studies on highly successful people have proven again and again that success is not the result of strong willpower and the ability to overcome resistance, but rather the result of smart working environments that avoid resistance in the first place. I love that. It, you, the, the, when you study successful people, what the author is saying here, when you study them, you find that it's not that they had some like incredible will, willpower to stay focused all the time and the way they put it, overcome resistance, resistance to what they're trying to accomplish. But instead, but rather the result of smart working environments that avoid resistance in the first place. Cut off the distractions before they reach you. Or as the Apostle Paul might put it, flee temptation. I've talked about on here before, proactively fleeing temptation. That's, that's just my way of saying avoid those things that uh, tempt you. You know, I, I think I talked about this in a smartphone episode or somewhere recently that, you know, it's, it's don't wait. Uh, this is true of your spiritual life and your productive life too. So I'm kind of molding, I'm putting these two together and I'm not suggesting that every temptation to distraction is the same as a temptation to sin. I'm just suggesting that the same principle that guides how we react to opportunities to indulge the flesh can also be applied when Instagram is begging you to check those notifications. And so whether it's a sinful temptation or not, the principle holds true. The best way to fight isn't through testing your willpower. It's by putting the temptation out of reach. And when you do that proactively, that's where you're changing your environment. That's where you do what I tried to do with the dumb phone and failed is make it so you can't be distracted. Here it is boiled down into a single principle. Change your environment so that good habits are easier to do and the bad habits are harder. Make it so your environment, maybe it's your workplace, maybe it's your, your bedroom, wherever it is that you're tempted to distraction or whatever, set that area up so that good habits are easier and bad habits are harder. James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits, he says, environment is the invisible hand that shapes human behavior. It's so true. I mean, it's true of relationships, right? Uh, again, the Apostle Paul says that, you know, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. The people you spend time with change you. And it's the same with the environments you spend time in. That's why we don't spend time in environments that would tempt us to, to sin. It's why you don't hang out in the red light district, right? And it's the same reason you shouldn't keep snack food in your home if you're on a diet. The environment will shape your behavior. It's reality. I think sometimes we're tempted to believe, oh, but we're spiritual creatures. So spiritual. Reagan, I'm incredibly spiritual and these carnal things that tempt you don't tempt me. I've just ascended beyond them. Well, okay, you sound rather smug. <laughs> Probably because I'm 
pretending to be you. But anyway, fictional person who's addressing me, here's what I would say to you. Look, you are an integrated being. You, you have a body. God created you with a physical body. And there are things that tempt our flesh. And we are tempted to distraction. We're tempted to take the easy route when our work gets hard. But if we can make it so those temptations are less common, we will get more done. If you really want to live a focused and productive life for God's glory, you've got to put the things that tempt you to distraction far out of reach. So let's talk about the three spaces that you should organize in order to be productive. So these are the three physical spaces that I think give you the most bang for your organizing buck. Okay, it's three spaces. We're going to talk about the bedroom, uh, your morning routine space, and your work area. So let's start with talking about organizing your bedroom for productivity. How do you how do you set this environment up so that it is helpful to you in being more productive and not harmful? Well, as you know, because I never shut up about it, I'm a huge advocate of morning routines. And a good morning routine starts with a good night's sleep. And there's lots of ways you can do this through strategies. I talk about this in my my course, Power Mornings, which walks you through how to create a Christ-honoring morning routine. There's lots of strategies about, you know, going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time, different ways to make sure you're getting good sleep. But there are environmental things you can do that are very easy and very affordable that can get you better sleep and help you wake up better. So the first one is get you some blackout curtains. Um, get the room dark. If if you if you're somewhere where, where light creeps in through the window, you know maybe you're in the city and there's just there's lights on out all all the time and you just can't get it dark. You got to get the room dark somehow. Invest in some you know Amazon Basics blackout curtains and make it so the room is totally dark. Our our bodies were made to go to sleep when it's dark out and all the unnatural light that we have pouring in disrupts our sleep, confuses our stupid little bodies. So get the room dark. Blackout curtains are a must. Those are a big game changer for us in the Rose household, and I highly recommend it. Second, so you're dealing with light there. Second, you want to deal with the noise. Eliminate noise. If you can't get your room totally quiet, then maybe some white noise will be helpful or some earplugs to help you sleep at night so you're not getting disrupted. Uh, at night, the <laughs> right after um, my wife and I say, I love you, good night, immediately afterwards we say, Alexa, play white noise. And I just realized I have an Alexa in the room with me, which is... No, it didn't play it. Okay, that's good. But if you have one, I might have just triggered it on yours. We, we use a, an Amazon Echo to play white noise because that kind of, you know, uh, smooths out the waveforms and makes it so we don't get disrupted by sounds in the night. So deal with the light, deal with the noise. And then this is really the big one. And this was a big, uh, I never heard this before. Curate your bedside table. What you keep beside your bed will naturally be what you'll use before falling asleep. And it will be the first thing you reach for when you wake up. Sounds obvious, right? And you know where I'm going with this, don't you? Get your stupid phone out of there. Don't have your phone next to your bed at night. You still have an alarm on there. 
guess what one of the things I'm going to mention is? They have this amazing invention. It's an amazing invention. You'll be, you'll be shocked when you hear what this invention is that can, can sound an alarm for you to wake up. And it's not a phone. You're, you're going to be blown away that they have these now. It's an alarm clock. But uh, Anne Laurie LeConf of Nest Labs, she suggests that you should just have three sets of items on your bedside table. And I love this because it's so practical, so simple. So what are the three sets of items? One is a pen and paper. Two, a book and a lamp. And three is an alarm clock. So first, pen and paper. Why pen and paper? Well, because uh, you want to jot stuff down. Maybe it helps you uh, to journal in the evening or in the morning when you first wake up. That's wonderful. Keep those things right there. Uh, sometimes you things pop into my head as I'm falling asleep, like really good ideas that turn out in the morning to be really dumb ideas, but it was just because it was a night idea and night ideas are usually dumb. But uh, you, you want to have a place to jot stuff down. So keep a pen and paper there. Uh, book and lamp. What's that for? Well, the lamp is so you can see the book. And the book is just something to do to wind down. Instead of scrolling social media on your phone or texting people or watching the YouTube, just read a book. And you go to sleep so much faster when you read a book. Uh, obviously, there's this stuff about blue light and how that disrupts your, your um, melatonin, which, which, makes you, which is the thing that makes you sleepy at night. But even beside the blue light thing, it's just don't be jacked into the internet as you're falling asleep. That's just a recipe for anxiety and stress. Likewise, when you wake up in the morning, don't let the first thing be that you plug yourself into um, the internet, right? We talked about this in the dumb phone episode. I won't go in depth on that, but pen and paper, book and lamp, and alarm clock. Guys, alarm clocks exist. If, if you're giving yourself the excuse that, well, I have to have my phone charging next to me at night because I need to hear uh, the, it has an alarm on it. It's like, guys, alarm clocks are so cheap. Go on Amazon. Buy a cheap alarm clock. You probably have one in your house. I know it's annoying to set up, but which is more annoying? Going on with an unproductive life, getting, getting uh, on Twitter or TikTok when you first wake up every morning because you have your phone next to you? Or setting an alarm once? Get an alarm clock. So that is optimizing your bedroom space. That's the first space that you should optimize, the first environment that you need to get organized in order to be productive. So get the blackout curtains, eliminate noise, and curate your bedside table. Second, the second space you need to organize to be productive is your morning routine space. I have found that what I do when I first wake up, no matter what, even the smallest thing can discourage me or put me off the path from doing my morning routine. And there's a couple ways that I found to make it easier to do my morning routine. And the first one is keep your space clean and organized. So for me, I, I right now, my, my space is in the basement. I have a couch. I've got some books there. I've got my Bible. Everything I need to have a nice morning routine. And keeping it organized has helped me because uh, it, there's no friction between uh, what I want to do, which is the first thing I want to do is read my Bible, and actually doing it because my Bible is sitting there, right there. It's got a bookmark in the next reading I need to do in my Bible reading plan. It's super easy. I think we underestimate this sometimes. We underestimate how much uh, our habits depend on how frictionless they are. 
Uh, Steve Prezinka, who's in our Redeeming Productivity Academy, he joked the other day on one of our calls how hard it would be to brush your teeth every day if you kept the toothbrush in the garage. I thought that was a perfect illustration because the, one of the reasons we are consistently, hopefully you're consistently um, brushing your teeth every day is because it's right there. It's right next to the sink. Of course, you're not going to forget to do it. But if you had to go down to the garage get you know unfold your little giant ladder and go up into the rafters to get your toothbrush you would your breath would stink you would not brush your teeth nearly as often so making it easier it works it works in every in other aspects of our life if uh if you go to the gym in the morning this is a classic one that people suggest but but often we forget to do it set your gym clothes out the night before get your shoes ready put it all by the door make it so that no matter how much resistance you have in your heart, no matter how much you don't feel like doing it, it's so easy to do the next thing, to do these good habits that you just can't help but doing them. And along this point of organizing your morning routine space, one of the best things you can do is when you're done with your morning routine is pick up a little bit, reset the room at the end, put your Bible marker at the next place it needs to be, fold your little blanket You know, get everything neat and tidy so that when you come back to it tomorrow, it's easy to do again. And then you create this sort of flywheel effect for yourself where the next morning it's easier and easier and easier and easier because you're setting yourself up for success. In addition to keeping your morning routine space clean, you should also make it smell nice. Now, I am not an aesthetic person by nature. I don't mean the way I look. (laughs) Uh, but I mean, I, I've never been one who like, uh, decorated, like I was never one of those students who decorated my locker. I remember a lot of my friends have like pictures and stuff and little notes in their locker. Mine was just, you know, the factory model. I didn't put anything in there. And even, you know, I was the typical bachelor before I got married. I, I, um, my walls were just completely blank. You know, I never did, never put anything up, never decorated. It looked awful. But one thing I've learned is that God has indeed made us integrated beings. And when we engage our senses, uh, it can help ingrain a habit. And the most powerful sense for ingraining a habit is the sense of smell. Uh, I started a while back using one scent of, it's like an essential oil thing that I use and I smell it when I start my morning routine. And... I kept doing that every day and I found myself being more consistent and something happened where as soon as I like smelled that odiferous scent, I quickly kind of like, it like shifted my brain into go time, like morning routine activated as soon as I caught a whiff of that. And that is so true of the sense of smell is that it can draw back these memories. And, and if you create a bunch of positive, uh, sense um, memories for your morning routine space or any space that is helpful for you to do a habit, you're more likely to want to do it. And then the last thing under the your morning routine space is keep your plans visible. I'm a big fan of printing out your Bible reading plan. It removes that friction of, well, what do I read next? And on that front, have a Bible reading plan. <laughs> First have one and then also have it printed out and visible. 
Uh, same thing, I have, a, I have a giant wall calendar behind me. Uh, I keep my calendar on the computer too, but it's just harder to forget appointments when they're just staring me in the face. So keeping your plans visible is a huge boon, uh, a, a great way to organize your morning routine space for maximum productive benefits. Okay, let's talk about the third and final space that you should optimize for maximum productivity. Uh, This third environment is your work area, your work area. You know, French chefs practice mise en place, which I'm probably saying that wrong, but it basically means set in place. And it just refers to the setup they do before cooking ever even begins. You know, it's about organizing and arranging the ingredients and their kitchen tools so that the chef wastes as little time as possible while they're actual, actually cooking. You know, you don't want to be hunting for the right knife. You don't want to be looking for um, the cardamom when your dish needs a little spritz of it. Anthony Bourdain, he said that mise en place is the religion of all good line cooks. And now I, I'm not advocating that organizing our workspace should be our religion, but being organized in our work area can help us live out our religion which, of course, is following Jesus Christ, trying to bring him the most glory with our lives. Organizing can help us to do that. Now, obviously, what constitutes your quote-unquote work area is going to differ depending on your calling. It it may be your your desk. uh, It may be the back of your truck. It may be your computer's file system, or it may literally be your kitchen. The the point is, whatever constitutes your kind of main work area, you want to steward that area well. You want to keep the knives sharp, proverbially, and your ingredients, proverbially, at the ready, right? You want to have that place be optimized so that you can use it as well as possible. So here's just sort of like a three-step high-level overview of how you could optimize your work area. Literally, if you do these three things, it works in, I think, nearly any work area. Uh, First, purge the unnecessary. If your desk or your work area or whatever it is is a mess, start by cleaning it up. So how do you do that? Here, here's, here it is. It's this simple. Block off an hour or two. It may need to require more if it's a you know, much bigger space. But block off enough time and create two piles. Keep and go. Then take everything out of your drawers, off the surfaces, everything, and pile them into those two piles. And be ruthless about the go pile. That's the stuff you're going to get rid of. doesn't mean you have to throw it out, but it's not going to be in the work area anymore. And be ruthless. Put more stuff in there than you think you should. You can always go find it again if you find that you uh, need it more often. But if you really want to have an organized workspace, you've got to get rid of the stuff that's in the way. Second, have a place for everything. So now what you're going to want to do is take the stuff in that keep pile and start to divide it, subdivide it, I guess you could say, into smaller piles, matching like with like. Um, I like this from Tim Challies in his book, uh, Do More Better. He says a simple organizing principle is a home for everything and like goes with like. And so if you're in the kitchen, put all the knives together, you know, put the spices together. That's pretty obvious. You know, there's kind of a a inbuilt system for kitchens. But for me, you know, I have I do videos and I do audio stuff. So all my audio equipment goes together. Um, All my papers go together into a filing system. It shouldn't be spread out all over your desk or in random drawers. Things should have a set place so that when you need them, you know exactly where to look. 
After you've sort of subdivided your pile, then put away the keep stuff according to the little piles you've made and, and do it in this order. You put the stuff that you use most frequently closer to the center of your work area. For example, I have um, on my desk in front of me, I have a mug that has the, a few pens in it that I use every day or at least weekly. And I don't put those away in a drawer because they're right in the center because I reach for them multiple times per day. So you just put the most frequent stuff closer to the center and work outwards from there. Finally, number three is schedule a weekly tidy up. So as part of my weekly review, I like to leave a few minutes at the end of Friday to pick up my work area, put things back away, reset it for the coming week. And I try to do this at the end of each day, but to be honest with you, I, I often get wrapped up in some project that goes right till the end of the day. Um, and so often I'll skip this. That's why I put um, something on the calendar as part of my scheduled weekly review so that I know I have dedicated time to tidying up so that I don't have to go back into step one that often and purge everything because I'm keeping up with it. So that's a simple three-step way to organize your work area. Purge in necessary, have a place for everything, and three, schedule a weekly tidy up. And again, I, I know that none of this is probably earth-shattering advice for you, but are you doing it? Are you actually doing these things? Even if you just take one of these, you know, several things that I've mentioned and just pick a space and start to make it better, I really think you're going to start seeing benefits pretty much immediately. One of the, the best things you can do, honestly, I've found this to be true in my life, is when you start feeling stuck and you don't know what to do next, one of the best things you can do is just start to clean up. Just, just start to reset uh, one of your environments. And it provides such clarity. It makes your habits so much easier to do. Um, so I highly recommend it. Optimize your environment. Organize the spaces in your life so you can be more productive. It can be tempting to believe that, you know, we're just spiritual people and our physical environments don't affect us, but they do. They do. And often the best thing you can do to become more disciplined is to curate an environment that fosters the kind of habits you want while eliminating temptation to the habits you don't want. Well, guys, I hope this episode has been helpful or at least entertaining. I'll see you again here next week. But until I do, remember this in whatever you do. Do it well and do it all for the glory of God. For more productivity from a Christian worldview, check out my weekly newsletter, Reagan's Roundup. Every Thursday, I share an insight along with the five best links I found that week that I think will help you in your journey to becoming a more productive Christian. It's totally free. Just go to newsletter.redeemingproductivity.com to sign up for Reagan's Roundup. That's newsletter.redeemingproductivity.com.